the Monkey Mind Podcast, your number one platform for athletes and mental health. Hosted by Danny Perez and Anthony Florentino. This is episode 66 featuring Zach Sheik. Zach has a bachelor's degree in neuroscience from Lebanon Valley College where he played his college hockey and is currently pursuing a degree in neuropsychology. Zach also played for the Danbury Hattricks last season in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. But before we get into the episode, we have a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD Inc. Daily Dose CBD Inc. creates full-spectrum CBD products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and dog treats. Research has shown that CBD has successful results in aiding in the following areas. Anti-inflammation, anxiety, PTSD, help with breaking addiction, neuroprotection, epilepsy, arthritis, chronic pain, and sleeping disorders. Daily Dose makes an extremely safe and effective product that we know you will love, enjoy, and benefit from. Daily Dose has given Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders. Head over to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off all your orders at DailyDoseCBDInc.com. All right, perfect. Let's get started. Uh, we got Zach Sheik on today. Um, I played with Zach back in juniors in the Empire with the Jersey Wildcats, and he went on to play college hockey at Lebanon Valley College. I'll let Zach introduce himself here, but um, yeah, for those listening, we got uh, Zach, like I said, and um, old teammate of mine, and yeah, now currently a member of the uh, alternate member of Team Perez in the MSU Pro League back in Jersey. So yeah, Zach, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, super happy to help bring the Perez team their first win. Yeah. It's great to be a part of that. Um, but yeah, as Danny said, like, played hockey with him when we were growing up, went on to play college hockey where I kind of found what my real career goal was going to be. Um, you kind of know growing up as you get a little older that maybe the NHL is not the option, right? And then you start kind of figuring out what is going to be the next option. So I didn't end up uh, playing a little bit of pro, a couple games, and then hopefully maybe playing a little bit more next year. But the ultimate goal for me now is to uh, get my PhD in neuropsychology. So I just actually submitted my application for the graduate program last night, as a matter of fact. So really exciting news. And hopefully uh, I'll find out in a couple of weeks if I get in. But uh, yeah, so my future now is going to be pretty much research and clinical stuff on the brain and neuropsychology and stuff like that. And um, just kind of seeing where that stuff goes. And I got my degree from LBC in neuroscience. So kind of the brain and everything like that is, is the forefront of what I want to do and where I want to take, I guess, my talents in the future. Mm -hmm. No, that's awesome. Um, before we kind of get into all that sort of stuff, uh, you could just please um, feel comfortable talking about kind of just your personal background as far as, you know, struggling with mental health issues and some of the things that you struggle with in your life or, you know, continue to struggle with whatever the case is. And um, yeah, just kind of your personal journey with that. Definitely. So for me, I actually suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and off of the base, like right off the hat, when you think of OCD, a lot of people think of someone that's anal, you know, everything has to be perfectly in line, right? Like you think, oh, this person's a neat freak, they're OCD, or I'm super OCD about this. But that's actually a totally different thing. That's, that's considered OCPD, which is a personality disorder. OCD is more of a for example, I'll tell you some of my tics. So for me, if 
I viewed someone that wasn't in the lineup, right? So we're going back to college now. If someone wasn't in the lineup and they touched me, I would have to go and touch someone that was in the lineup because I felt like that bad juice was on me and I had to get it off. Huh. Right. And so like, yeah. And so I wouldn't be able to anything from the number seven to nine. I couldn't do because only top six D play and I'm a defenseman. So if it was seven, eight or nine, obviously you don't really carry 10, 11, 12 D. So those three numbers I couldn't do. Like I couldn't go to the gas station and pump my gas and gas uh, in like whatever nine or, or seven. If the radio was on seven, I'd have to change it. I couldn't, I couldn't keep it there. Right. And so that's what real OCD is. It's, it's having an obsessive about an obsession about something and then having to compulsively do an act to make that better for like, for example, I also couldn't, um, I couldn't put my car in reverse and go right into park because I didn't want to be moving backwards in life. So every time I would put my car in reverse before I'd put it into park, let's say I backed into a spot, I'd have to quickly put it into drive and then put it into park. So it's like superstition, but <clears throat> it's like superstitions about another level. Exactly. Exactly. It's, that's literally the best way to put it. And I think, a lot of there's a lot of hockey players now coming out, you know, talking about their OCD and how yeah. that's how it started for me was just a superstition thing. You know, oh, I, I have to do this when I get to the rink, I have to do this, I have to do this, this, this. If I don't do that, then I'm gonna have a bad game. And then wow. it just yeah. kind of spiraled because of the way my brain is made up. And someone that already has an overactive brain, it just took it to a different level to a yeah. point where I couldn't even, you know, almost if I walked by someone in the locker room and I was dressed and it was a healthy scratch and they touched me, I'd have to go get completely undressed and then redress. What? Yeah. So it's like, it was bad for a while. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like dealing with that stuff on a regular basis, it was getting, it was taking a toll on my relationships. It was taking a toll on my friendships, my, my life in general. Like I kept it quiet. Right. Cause you don't, you don't want people to know about that stuff. Right. You know, like that's embarrassing. It's because even me thinking about it now, it's ridiculous. Like, what, what am I doing? Like, what was I doing? Yeah. Right. But it's like, you, you kind of can't control, you get this pit in your stomach and you're like, you get super anxious and you start to sweat if you can't do it. And it, it got to a point where I had to get help. Right. Like it, it, things got so spiraled out of control that it was like, all right, I have to go figure this out. Yeah. And what exactly did you do? What did you do to go do that? What was um, the first thing that you did? Yeah. So for me, it took a pretty significant event, like, cause I had suffered from OCD and anxiety for a while. I mean, you know, right. Like even when we were playing, when we were younger, I was always kind of angry or something was going to boil over. Right. Like I always had a temper. And so, it, but it took a pretty significant event in my life to get there. But when that happened, I went right to my doctor, just my normal physician and said, look, this is what's going on. This is how I'm feeling. What can we do to help? And he said, well, let's start you off on uh, Lexapro, which is a SSRI. So it's a serotonin sensory reuptake inhibitor and um, or serotonin selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. But anyway, it, it basically what it does is it keeps serotonin in my synaptic cleft. So it allows me to kind of stay a little bit calmer. Um, and that was pretty much the big thing for me. I went from, I went from a penalty a game in my sophomore year of college to two penalties total in my senior year of college. So 
it was definitely helping. You know, I was calmer. My grades improved. I, I don't have any of those OCD ticks that I talked about before. They're all gone completely. Like I don't do any of it. Um, and it just was kind of, I think the biggest thing was talking about it. I mean, the, the medication helped, but now I'm actually in the process of getting completely off the medication because of how well I've been able to adapt and figure it out. But I think the biggest thing was just talking on it and, and finding out that it is normal to be abnormal, right? It, it is okay. Yeah. No, and and I think, go ahead. Sorry. And I think that that's the most important part, right? Like, no, yeah, exactly. And I was just going to say, I mean, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, there's things that I do when I was playing, like tying my skates, I would have to redo them. So that way they kind of both fit perfectly. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's normal stuff. I think every player does. And maybe the, to those in the outside world, you know, hear that and be like, that's weird, but and it, it honestly is the same thing for you. You just take it to an extreme level yep. and that's all it is. It's just nothing to be ashamed about. It's just, that's how your brain operates. And, you know, you're the first person to come on and talk about this stuff on, on this platform. So I'm happy that you are doing that because this isn't really talked about. I think a lot of people have these small little ticks that they yeah. do in private, but they don't feel comfortable sharing. So I think you having this conversation alone and being open about it is going to make people feel more comfortable about kind of some of the stuff that they go through and hide. And as you know, hiding these things from people carries a lot of weight um, and can make these things, you know, heavier than they already are. Exactly. And I think that's, that was the forefront of my anger and my temper was I was just walking around with what felt like 30 pounds on my back at all times. You know, I couldn't, like I said, some of my closest friends now, were kids that I wouldn't even talk to because they weren't in the lineup and it would mess me up mentally. And like, that's a shitty thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, and like, I'm not a shitty person, but I knew that my tick, like I couldn't physically couldn't do it and it killed me. And so it made me feel like I was a, like a horrible person, like a horseshit person. Mm -hmm. Like, man, this is such a great kid. And like, all in all, hockey is a game, right? Like it, it's not meant to be stressful. No, and so like for it to take such a toll on my life and to ruin so many relationships that i had had it's like and i'm not saying hockey is the reason it's i'm the reason but it was the things that i had to do so that i could in my mind succeed in the sport that i love mm -hmm. that made me feel like constant anger constantly and before i got on the medication it was all i was like up here right like like a pot of boiling water, just ready to boil, boil over. And like, my big thing was if someone touched me, I lost it. Like I couldn't control it anymore. You know, I was okay. Chirping, you guys, you know, the boys chirp, like that was all fine. But the second someone would physically like, even if in goofing around, like push me or like touch me in a way that was a little more aggressive than a normal touch. That was it. That mm. was the snap. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was the thing that got me that I couldn't control anymore. And I would just completely black out and lose it because I was already here. Right. Like I was already at my tipping point. Mm -hmm. And then that one thing just boom. And I was done. And that's, that's what happened to me. And that was the event, you know, it was one of my closest friends, I would say at LBC, we were just playing spike ball, having fun. And we were just goofing around. Everyone was laughing. And then like literally just the slightest harmless touch. And I snapped. And it was like lost it completely my fault. Like I just, and I was like, holy shit, like something's got to change. Like this yeah. is okay. You know, and like ruined that relationship. Like one of the closest relationships I had at the school ruined it, you know, 
ruined that. And it was like, that sucks, you know, and it's all my fault. And I need to find a way to fix this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I have this anger, but I have to fix it. And then I went and got help. And that's when everything freaking changed, man. Like, yeah, I don't have the anger anymore. There's nothing. And it's like, I'm not even on the medication, you know, but it's just, I learned, you know what I mean? I learned how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Well, I I learned. I want to go into that, like just kind of the learning process for you on what that was like. And I want to dive into kind of the medications and, um, you know, obviously we talked before the episode off the record a couple of weeks back, just talking about medications and CBDs and um, how they can make such a big impact. And I think we're both kind of on the same page where medication is great and it helps a lot of people. And obviously you were on medication and it helped you immensely. Um, But there are other avenues of getting help and that's through CBD. And I kind of want you to kind of talk about how great that is and how it can truly be a holistic approach to treating uh, mental health disorders. So, I mean, kind of, kind of threw a lot at you, but if you, you know, we can unpack that slowly there. Definitely hundred percent. So, yeah. So I think the most important thing I'll start with how kind of the learning part, and then I'll get into that, like the CBD and meditation and stuff, because that's huge. Um, I think the most important thing is finding out where you are as a person. I think being self-aware is the most important part, you know, understanding your own mental battles and knowing how to fight them and knowing that you're not alone. You know what I mean? I think that's the biggest part is having a support system, having a podcast like this to be able to say, Hey, you know what? I'm not alone. And you know what? This is normal and I can get through it. And once you know that you there's a path, that level that I was at dropped, you know what I mean? And I think that's the most important part, but I think you can't do it alone. Right. And sometimes you need to do medication. So SSRIs are an anti-anxiety, antidepressant medication. And that's what I was on. And I'm off of them now, obviously, but that's what I was on. And that's what kind of helped me find my new balance. It helped me, it helped me find the path. Right. But I know medications are important. I have to find the right words to get to where I'm trying to get because I don't want to say something wrong. Yeah, I know medication. Disclaimer, we're yeah. not medical professionals here. Yeah, Zach, exactly. Zach's like, going to be one day, but disclaimer, not yet. Yes, exactly. So medicate, like not know. When I get into what I'm about to say, there is nothing wrong with medications. Medications are important. They are very good. And sometimes they're the only thing that works. For example, a family member of mine, tried holistic, didn't work, went to medication, works perfectly. I'm the opposite. So it, 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 it depends. Okay. But I think that there's so many new avenues and benefits to things like CBDs and medication that can do the same thing and not have as many drawbacks. For example, medication, like the one that I was on, comes with very bad withdrawal symptoms. So I had to slowly wean myself off because if I didn't, I could have gone into like a relapse type thing where I would have um, bad withdrawal, headaches, nausea, all of those symptoms that you would assume with a withdrawal. You know what I mean? And like, so that's kind of a, maybe I shouldn't be 
you know, flirting with that type of stuff. But if you have to, you have to. But CBDs don't offer that. They don't have, there's no withdrawal symptoms with CBDs. Um, I actually did the start of my dissertation, like the start of my PhD program. I had to do it kind of as a, it's called a senior seminar at Lebanon Valley, where you pick something. And then if you go into grad school, that's kind of the basis of what you want to write your dissertation on. And mine is on CBDs, actually. Mine's on CBDs and how they, and I spoke with you um, about this, but mine's on CBDs and how they affect people with anxiety and how they are competitive and just as efficient as SSRIs, but with less side effects. Um, and they found that the results were staggering. Uh, CBDs can lower your your SAD, which is a social anxiety disorder. So they found that individuals, when they took a CBD before, during, and after a presentation with hundreds of people, they were more confident in themselves. So they ranked themselves higher as being prepared. They felt like they were more ready to speak. And then after they felt like they had performed better and they felt that they had less anxiety during than the individuals that used a placebo. So it shows that CBDs are effective in lowering anxiety and things like that. Again, more research needs to be done, but the research that's coming out is so promising that it could be the new wave of things. You just have to make sure with CBDs, it's the biggest thing with CBDs, you have to make sure you're getting as little amount of THC content as possible. Not zero, but as little as possible. Because if in order to get a good CBD, you don't want to, you don't want the highs because THC kind of does the opposite of CBDs. So CBDs have been shown to be a uh, anti-schizophrenic drug or method, I guess. So they've been shown to lower the symptoms of schizophrenia, lower the symptoms of of chemo, if individuals get chemo, if they if they use a CBD, their their symptoms are lessened. Um, they're they're showing anxiety lessens, depression lessens. All these things are being lessened. However, THC kind of does the opposite. So THC can increase the paranoia. It can increase anxiety. It actually increases because it can be a a psychedelic in a sense. So it can increase your schizophrenic symptoms. So it's like a it's like a yin and yang almost, right? You, you want a lot of the CBD with just a touch of THC to make sure that you're getting a good CBD. Cause if you can't get a pure CBD, it's not, if you are, it's either a, a, a plant Marvel cause it's a plant. You can't, you can't fully synthesize one out. You know, there's no way. Yeah. So, have- we, so we have our CBD sponsor and he came on and he talked about how all this sort of stuff and how, you yeah. don't want something with zero THC in it. Exactly. You want it. Exactly. And, and then you mentioned to me when we spoke, it's in the 1% to 3% yes. range. Yeah. That's where you want it to be. And then anything, because if it's at zero, then it does nothing for you. You need the THC exactly. to kind of activate the rest of the chemicals. And then one to three is like that sweet spot. And then anything over, then you're kind of flirting with the right. um, psychotic effect or whatever the psychedelics, yeah, yeah, psychedelic exactly. effects kind of sort of, of that, you know, that sort exactly. of feeling with it. So, um, yeah, just kind of dive into that too and how the different ways of taking CBD that we spoke about and how one, yep. how they get into your bloodstream and how they kind of stick yep. with you throughout the rest of the day, kind of dive into that as well. Yeah. So there's, there's the droplets, right. Which you can take. And that's a, that's a little bit of a, a quicker, uh, quicker in quicker out, I guess would be the easiest way to say it. 
because you usually you take the job to put them under your tongue and you're usually you're going to have to do depending uh you can do one in the morning one at night some people do them whenever but that's if you're having an anxiety if you're if you feel an anxiety attack coming on you throw the droplet in and it should kind of help it's more of a rapid response because it gets right into the bloodstream from the saliva right into the mat like under the tongue right in where if you take the gummies you're going to have more of a delayed release and so like for someone that has a more chronic anxiety where it's just kind of there all the time like someone like me for example would take a gummy because that would be what i would need is it would just kind of be in my system kind of just helping it lower things helping kind of keep everything calm and cool and keep keep my serotonin levels at a good amount and everything like that where someone that has an anxiety attack or someone that has let's say someone has anxiety speaking in front of people pop a little the droplets underneath your tongue go have your speech you'll have a much better speech much more relaxed much less uh nerves stuff like that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it kind of just depends there's a bunch of different methods but those are kind of the two main ones you can also smoke cbds so in israel they're fine they have uh in israel for individuals that have had chemo like with cancer they have them smoke the cbd before they leave and it helps with their symptoms and it helps kind of make the chemo symptoms not as bad and Mm -hmm. makes them feel a bit better and and my uncle who had passed away from als would take a a pill to help with his symptoms and help kind of relax him there, you know? So there's a bunch of different methods. The two main ones are, are the droplets and the, the gummies. And it just kind of depends on what works for you. And, and also talk to your physician, you know, talk, talk to a psychologist, talk to someone that knows obviously more about the topic than I do that can give you a definite answer and tell you this is good this is bad stuff like that it's it's always important to get professional opinion for sure yeah no definitely and obviously you're on your way there but um just based off your background you've studied neuropsych for a while now and um getting into the next step and next phase of that but if you can just educate those listening um on what you've learned regarding the brain and mental health disorders and kind of how we're understanding more and more about it and what you've been learning regarding those subjects. Yeah, for sure. So, so we're seeing a lot now in, in the brain that the brain is a computer, right? So it basically the easiest way to think of the brain is think of a computer. It has wires, it has electrical impulses, it has input output. There's hundreds of thousands of different pathways is the easiest way to say it in the brain right and and a lot of people that have you're seeing a lot of athletes not a lot but you're seeing athletes now that have had a lot of head traumas are uh succumbing to suicide and they weren't and they're always saying well he he never showed signs he never did this he never did that well a lot of that is due to lesions in the brain you know and how people that weren't anxious can get hit, have a concussion, have a, a minor lesion in the brain. And now because the brain is wired certain ways, if you put a, let's say, all right, so let's say they're doing road work on 287. If they, if they cut out four lanes on 287, what happens? It's a traffic jam, right? And people got to, it's, it's, it's hectic. People are trying to figure out where the hell to go. They don't know 
you know, their, their exit just so happens to be in the middle of this road work. They can't get off at their exit. They have to go and exit before exit after it's, it's absolute, you know, it's crazy. That's what happens in the brain. If something like that comes, if there's a lesion, if there's some sort of damage, the brain is like, Oh, what do I do now? How, How do I have, I have to rewire. And that's how things get tricky, you know? And so sometimes people you'll see that they weren't anxious got a concussion and now they're super anxious, super jittery, like a different person almost. And that's totally normal. And that's how the brain is wired. You know, that's, that's how it goes. So, and a lot of things with mental health is trying to find a way to relax that and settle your brain. You can trick your brain into different things. You can rewire your brain just like you can rewire a computer. So if you constantly walk up and say like, I'm really big into golf now, right? Cause my hockey career is ending. So if you go up to the, to your tee shot and you're like, it's going to be a horrible shot. No matter what you do from that point on, the shot's going to suck hundred percent. But if you walk up to it and say, you know, this, I'm going to put this down the middle. It's going to go exactly there. Or if you, you know, if you go and you're weightlifting and you're like, I can't lift this weight, then you're not going to do it. And like, it's this age old cliche. Like I think therefore I am right. Everyone talks about it. But from an actual mental mindset and like from really looking at it in the brain, it's that's legit. If you think a certain way, your brain will react a certain way. And so the negative stuff has to leave the brain. And I understand in society now, it's you don't want to be cocky. You want to stay humble. You know, you don't want to be arrogant, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, yes, okay, you don't want to be that way, but you still have to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Cause that's how you survive, right? The brain is just evolution. It's just survival. If yeah. it doesn't think, if it doesn't think it can survive in this situation, it's going to bail. And that's kind of how you have to, as athletes, right? That's how you have to approach everything. You can't go into a tryout, right? Like I'm going to try out for a team in a couple of days. I can't go in there thinking I don't belong. Cause I'm just not going to belong. And that's the most important. That's the, we could get into, you know, the wiring and everything like that, but that's not the purpose of this podcast, right? We want to talk about how to make it better mentally. Then that's, that's step one. If you want to take a control of your life and make a change, the first thing you got to do is alleviate the word can't, won't, and never get them out of there. You know what I mean? Dude. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And there's a couple things, like I've mentioned this past couple podcasts, like I've been the most clear headed and fulfilled and happy for the most consistent amount of time recently than I ever have. And I think there's a reason um, because of that. And that's some of the things that you mentioned. Um, My self-talk has improved immensely. Um, I used to beat myself up for almost everything. And now I just, you know, like I said, I I do self-talk and I, you know, I think it helps with me and my self-confidence and my perception on things. And another thing too, that I mentioned before as well on this, um, on this episode or this podcast a couple episodes back is science shows that writing down three things you're, you're grateful for, for 21 days straight can rewire your brain for happiness. And I think, you know, as someone who's been writing down three things I'm grateful for, I mean, my consistency there hasn't been 21 days straight by any means, but I've noticed that I've focused more on the little things as opposed to like big events and big moments to make me happy. It's just little things like the beautiful day, you know, everything in my body operating normally, 
just, you know, I don't know, bird shirt, like small stuff. Exactly. Like, yeah. Instead instead of like, I don't know, man, like a sick job opportunity or like a that's gonna make me a ton of money and all this stuff. Like that stuff, we put a lot of focus on that. But there's so much beauty in in life and itself. And I think when you're in such a negative spot, you don't see that. But those are little hacks. Like you talked about rewiring your brain, like writing down 23 things for 21 days straight can help you rewire your brain. And it's a little hack that will get you out of such a negative pit that we all, you know, that that everybody can find themselves in at any point in time. So I'm happy that you mentioned that about, you know, it's like the wiring and all that stuff and how kind of, you know, our perception on life and, um, how our brain is like so much power and we're still unlocking that. And it's directly correlated to mental health issues. And um, yeah, like comparisons, the thief of all joy, like it's social media, everyone's just comparing, comparing their highlight tapes to each other's and yeah. all we're posting is the highlights. And I think that's a major reason um, there's a spike in mental health issues as well. hundred percent. I mean, I'm going to get into the social media because that was a good point And I want to talk about that, but another thing about rewiring, they found, they did a study they took two groups of people they didn't change a damn thing everything was the same the only difference was the one group had to put a pencil in their teeth so they couldn't touch the pen with their lips right so okay that's it and what they found was the act of smiling which is what biting this pen did it caused my lips to perch up and make me think i was smiling caused the individuals to be happier and more joyful in their line of work than those that the the other group that didn't bite down and they did the same thing both groups did the exact same thing the only difference was the pencil in the mouth so literally even just making yourself smile can help rewire the brain you know what i mean interesting and yeah yeah. and like with social media yeah you see you know you see the guy who has you know four sick goals or, or or 10 huge hits right but you don't see the four turnovers before that you know you you don't see the whiffs you don't see the bad plays that happen all you see is the best right i think the most important thing and i get caught up in this all the time too is social media is that person's best what you see on social media is what they're portraying as their absolute best because they're not going to put something on that's bad so you have i think that for mental health that's the that's the mind you got to go into social media and be like you know what this is that person's best it's it's not their average it's not their low it's just their best and that's it you know yeah and i love the the pen analogy you gave because um it just consistently reiterates tricking our brain um and you really can trick it and and it can play tricks on us back and Mm -hmm. um, there's little things that you can do to to trick your brain and rewire it to see happiness and believe in happiness and believe in yourself and I think that's the biggest thing is once you kind of get into those negative thought loops and it can really spiral. And one thing I've talked about that's helped for me as well, I'm sure it's helped for you is once you kind of start to realize you're going down that path, you get a nip in the butt right away yep. and then re re bring yourself back because you know it is you start with those thoughts and then all of a sudden hours later, you're super depressed or in just a really, really negative headspace. But if you can just stop it right, right at the start of it and then get yourself back to a positive state or, you know, self-talk, it can really make a big difference. And it's, it's the easiest thing to do, to do, but it's the hardest thing to do. Yep. Right. Like I think that's the biggest part. And for me, going back to my issues, I'm 100% fine now, 
but because I do the easiest things, but they're the hardest things. The hardest thing to do is when you're in that negative space saying, all right, I'm, I'm down. Let's try and find a pickup because you don't want to, right? You, you're in that negative. You're like, no, bad, bad. Everything's bad. The last thing you want to do is, oh, look, positive, you know, it, 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 but that's the most important thing to do or take a step back and let for, I read this uh, memoir by David Adam and it was about uh, someone with OCD. He had OCD, the, the author. And he said that he, the, the way that he broke his OCD and similar to how I did mine was all of his ticks face them face first and let the anxiety boil over and go away forever. So like now I don't like I'm, I, anything that I find like, Oh, that might be a tick. I, I go right to it and I do the opposite. I do the thing that I don't want to do. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just got to jump on and face it right away. If, if I'm afraid of something now, I'm going right at it. You know, I'm not, I'm not letting fear and anxiety get in my way. And I think that's mm -hmm. super important for people because it'll beat you down and it'll keep you there. And you just got to find your way and face it head on. You, you know, for everyone that listens to this, you're all stronger than you think. You can all do it. You know, you're the majority of these people are athletes. And even if they're not, they, they, they're, they care about their mental health because they're listening. It's possible. You just, mm. you just got to kind of, it's, it's the worst cliche, but it, it works. It's, just got to go and take it. Right. But it, it's true as someone that's been through it and came out on the other side, the best advice I could give to anyone is find the things that scare you and go, go right at them face first, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Exactly. Like this podcast, I would have never spoken on something like this two, three years ago. I would have crap it in my pants because it scares me. It makes me nervous, but I that's the stuff that I have to, you know what I mean? Like you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable and that's the most important way to fight the anxiety. Yeah, no, definitely. I, um, I couldn't agree more. And that's something that I kind of try to do and just kind of push myself, you know, go, kind of go against the green with what my thoughts and are telling me about, you know, just being comfortable, staying comfortable, just throw yourself at these challenges and you'll find that you're able to handle them. And it just, you expand your you know, your comfort zone and you expand kind of your ability to do things and feel comfortable in situations. And um, I think it makes a big difference. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that you said all these things and um, I don't want to take up too much of your time before we let you go here. If you can kind of just give, uh, you know, tell people, you know, who are struggling with the same thing, the same thing, sorry, that you were just a piece of advice or, you know, someone who's going through a hard time, something that you would have wanted to know, um, just kind of leave them with something, you know, positive. I think the best advice I ever got was from the Boston Bruins psychologist. And he said, this too shall pass. And I think that if you just sit and think about that for a little while, you'll realize it's going to pass. You know, even in my, the depths of my darkest days, it passed. You know, you, right. There's another one, never too high, never too low. Because everything is going to pass in time. If you're struggling right now, if you're feeling pain right now, if it sucks, I get it. But it's going to pass and it's going to get better. You know, you, you got, just got to keep on keeping on 
you know, full of cliches today. Yeah. And just, <laughs> you just got to keep going, but they work, right? You just got to keep going. And, and even though the easy way is to kind of give up and just sit in your, in the, the darkness that is surrounding you. Cause when you get in those moods, you feel dark, right? It feels dark. You know, you can almost, things aren't as happy and bright as they normally are. Right. And in, in the depths of the winter, right after Christmas, when there's not much to look forward to of the snow in the winter, you're like, everything's dark. It's depressing. It's sad, but spring's right around the corner. And I think that's the biggest thing is even right now, if it sucks and it's hard, you gotta just find a way and just, it'll pass, right? This too shall pass. Just get through it. Mm-hmm. And open up. I, yep. I, but all that, Definitely. all that is spot on. I know, um, you know, for those listening, both, you know, Zach and I can attest that when you're in those dark spots, it doesn't feel like it ever is going to end. So we know firsthand, but it does. So hundred percent. I'm, I'm happy that you said yeah. that. Definitely. And that's, that's true. Like, don't be afraid to talk, you know, don't, email me, you know, it, it'll be, it'll be out like Daniel, throw my email, whatever. If you're feeling DM me, whatever, I'm always there to talk all of my friends at home. They know they can call me and it's a safe place. And I won't tell anyone, you know, like sometimes just talking to someone helps. And yeah, I'm not a professional yet, but in a few years, six years, I will be, you know, and, and so like, go find, a prof- and it's not, doesn't mean you're, you're, mentally you know it doesn't mean you're crazy it's not everyone deals with it it's just some people are afraid to get help and you you know you're if you don't ask for help you're never going to get better so seriously go and get the help even if it's just a conversation with your family you know and if they don't listen a conversation with a close friend and then if they don't listen then have a conversation with your doctor because they'll listen you know yeah no, definitely. so that's that's it yeah no, it's spot on, man. Um, again, I, I appreciate you coming on, telling your story, being vulnerable and opening up and supplying people with a lot of information here. I think this is going to be super beneficial to those listening who you know, didn't really know a lot of this stuff. I mean, I'm constantly learning every day doing this stuff um, and being involved with it, but there's a lot of people out there who don't know a lot of the stuff that you said. So I'm happy you were able to come on and give some pre-professional you know, yeah. in, in, insight into all of this and um, kind of help people understand this all a little bit better. So Zach, thank you, man. I appreciate it. No, thank you so much for having me, man. And it was a long time coming. You know, we talked a while ago and just couldn't get the schedules to work. But I'm I'm yeah. so grateful that we ended up doing it. And I really enjoyed it. And and if anyone has any questions or if anything, you know, feel free to reach out and I'll I'll be happy to chat. Yeah, no, of course. And um, yeah, we're not, we haven't even scratched the surface really on all the the brain chemical wiring stuff that we could talk about that you've been studying. So I'm gonna have to have you on again and talk about that stuff and dive deep into that and get real kind of you can nerd out on all that stuff (laughs) definitely definitely yeah thanks again man that sounds awesome thank you